Hey everybody, and welcome to Euphoria Season 5, Episode 8, which is available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. As you can tell, Euphoria has had an upgrade this week, as I'm quickshot subbing in for Daniel Dracos, who is weak and sick. I'm joined this week by Yamato Cannon and top laner for Rogue Finn. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're going to be taking a deep dive on Rogue as a team, goals, and aspirations, and answering the question, why is Finn? Stay with us. All right, so Finn has joined us. And uh, before we start talking about uh, Rogue as a team and then diving a little bit deeper into Finn, who is Finn? What is Finn? And, and where is Finn going in the future? Why is Finn? Uh, why is Finn? Exactly. You're getting it already, right? Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, some of the misconceptions uh, that maybe you had when you started League. The two of us are the old boys on the table right now. And you know, you kind of came out of nowhere, right? And and stepped up from the URLs, joining uh, 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 LEC last year. <clears throat> yeah. um, so let's talk about, you know, what did you think before you took to the stage uh, versus what the reality is? Mm, I mean, when I came in, I was a bit shocked. It was very sudden, actually. Me, because we were in the academy team. And then suddenly, because I, I was I was moved up in spring, right? Not in summer. And uh, I was just told I'm moving to Berlin, yada, yada, yada. And then everything happened really fast. Uh, I was on stage and I was just playing and it felt like... It wasn't as calculated back then or like planned everything with the the old rogue lineup. We just kind of played and played and then we went on stage and we played what we wanted. Uh, like Pantheon first time on stage against Misfits. Was it difficult for you to adjust to? Because I imagine it's quite a big jump, right? Uh, I mean, it was a different team atmosphere and team dynamic, right? So it was a bit different, but I kind of felt like I fit in quite well, even with the old guys. Uh, and then for summer, it was a lot more structured because we had the whole split to work with. Uh, so we were easy. It was easier for us to set up uh, like long-term goals more than week to week, just to pick up the quick wins. Uh, so I think that was that. That was a lot nicer. It felt a lot more productive, screaming this way, and always having a plan in mind. Do you think it'd be a lot more pressure, like stepping up now versus when you started playing? You know, honestly, back when I was playing, it was it was just cocktail. Like it was it was there was a similar shock. Like I can, because uh, I was also like in the middle of the split just subbed in. And I was a sub that played every role. So it was like, back then, like someone, we were screaming, but some guy just didn't show up randomly and there was no repercussions at all. And then I was like, oh, Yamaro, you need to play support today. I was like, okay. And then one day it's like, oh, we don't like this guy too much. We're gonna let you play. And it was that brush. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, but the shock remained the same, you know, it, just moving into a new place so I can, <clears throat> I can associate with that. For yeah. Sure. One of the things I want to dive a little deeper into, and it'll lead us into discussion around sort of, you know, Rogue as, as a team. Um, Finn, you mentioned in summer you had goals and it wasn't just week to week, just play a game. Um, what were those goals? You know, what, what did you and the squad want to accomplish? Mm. I mean, it was more like not goals per se, but we want to always improve, you know, so we can always choose areas where we want to like look to focus, whether that is a specific place to make on maps or... Uh, specific drafts we want to play so it's more this way where we will just go into a week with a specific plan in mind and we just try that and then next week we maybe have a different plan but there's always this constant improvement where we pick up things every week so in the end we should be a lot stronger as a team than we're at the start of the splits i would have said that by the end of the summer playoffs you were the third best team in europe yeah, it's a bold how statement. Would, how would how would you how do you feel when you hear that? And like, what do you what do you think about the end <clears> of last year? Because that kind of defined expectations for the team this season. Yeah, 
<clears throat> I mean, what happened last year is I felt like we kind of started go get going. Like before playoffs, we were ramping up, and then against Blythe, we were super on point. And then we lost against Schalke, and it all stopped. You know, it felt very sudden, and it was a bit sad to be honest, because we kind of felt like we wanted to show more, and missing out on a gauntlet. Um, I guess it's motivated us more for this year, to be honest. We were all during the off season like very hungry in a way. Still, we were all like just spamming solo queue for a big part of the off season. Uh, but third best team, I think we could be in a discussion for sure. We, I think against Schalke we fell short because of our preparation, but against Blaise our preparation was really good. Uh, we were really prepared for everything they kind of brought out, like the. Kogmo and Kaiser that we had practiced like no other team did. Um, answers into Garen Yumi, etc. And um, when, we, when we were playing at Schalke, we didn't have the same calm in our preparation. And therefore, draft was a bit more chaotic and uh, the play as well. So I think that's why we fell short. But given more time, I think we could have beaten all the teams. Maybe not G2 and Fnatic at the time, but eventually as well. Let's look forward now, 2020, okay? Yeah. You've set the scene, you have more time. You've had the off-season. There's an air of confidence in yourself as well as your team. Yeah. I want you to describe your team's strengths and weaknesses and then, Yamato, uh, bounce off that because I know I know your thoughts already. <laughs> but talk to me, what, what is strong and what, what is uh, areas that you need to focus on to develop mm. in Rogue? I think what we have right now is that we're just really open-minded, I would say, that we are always down to makes I mean we try to be this team that makes a lot of crazy plays kind of like G2 Fnatic uh, but we all always try to stay a bit common collected not go into this like 30 kill games at 15 minutes like some other teams do <coughs> Fnatic <laughs> uh, especially um, and we just try to kind of just by trial and error kind of cleaning up our gameplay as we go by starting really chaotic and then going more and more clean and we always try to be open for every possibility. Like even if we're behind, we try to make plays, and we always try to look for new things in draft, for example. Uh, so we always just try to stay one step ahead in a way. Mm. I think you know the way I would describe you guys right now, because I, I I try to think you know when I look at the other teams, there are like one thing that really really stands out, right? Yeah. And I feel like when it comes to you guys. It can be a strength and also weakness. I, I would call you guys master of none, but apprentice of many. In a way, yeah. I, I wouldn't say like, oh, Rogue is really good at this. Like the early game, they are very dangerous. Like Excel, I would say, okay, early game, they are strong. Mid and late game, they suffer. While Rogue, I feel like they're kind of, the pulse is constant. I don't think it's like something like that shocks you when when you play. When I, If I play you guys, prepare you guys, I would be like, yeah, this is a well-rounded team. Uh, if we keep things stable and we draft well, uh, then nothing will shock us. And then I would say, okay, Finn he plays Claire and Aatrox. He hasn't shown Gangplank. And then that's something that maybe I would target. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> the pirate is coming. The pirate maybe. is coming. Let's see. <laughs> uh, I mean, for sure, the, appre the master of non-apprentice of many is one way to describe it, I guess. I don't really feel like we're the master. I mean, apprentice of, of nothing. Uh, wait, how did you say it? Uh, master of none, apprentice of none. That, okay, yes. <laughs> I kind of feel like that's what we strive to be right now. And then by the end of the maybe summer year, we want, we want to be the masters of many, apprentice of none. Okay, okay. I, Can you give me some examples as to, to what makes you think that, right? Because when you say master of none, you, you get these like specialists 
uh, or teams that demonstrate a, a high aptitude, a high skill in certain elements. Um, like uh, maybe basic example, and correct me if I'm wrong. But like Origin, when you think of their play style and you think, right, mid game, not very in love with it, but you know you can trust in their late game or you can trust in sort of either their team fighting or their ability to focus on an objective, not give up anything and play nice and safe, right? Master in that area. So what makes you have doubts on, on the rogue side? Well, I would call it less doubts, more like just uh, how I would define rogue. You know, I think <clears throat> uh, in the origin point, I would say they are the master of basics because I think when it comes to an execution of, okay, in the early game, they need to play for the mid lane and then transition that into bot side and then into mid game, they reach a point and they have very good draft. So I think they are the master of basics. While Fnatic, for example, I would say they are the masters of uh, transferring pressure when they get a lead. I think this is something that Fnatic does super well. When they get a lead, they run away with it. They use their TPs and they use their prior to impact uh, the whole map. And uh, I think this is something that can be said for the teams that are above you guys <clears> in the standings. And uh, I think that there is something about the approach of trying to conquer everything at once, which I like. And I think it refers to what you uh, mentioned earlier, where uh, a season is supposed to be used in a way where you set yourself up to be as strong as possible for playoffs. Uh, I would imagine, you know, still in my mind, the, the main question I would have uh, towards you guys and towards you would be, if, if you would define your strengths, you said open-mindedness, but I want something more. Okay. You know? I think we're really strong in the early game. Mm -hmm. We are almost always able to get good leads. Okay. Unless we have like a full out skill comp, of course. Yeah, yeah. But then I think in mid games, we kind of falter sometimes. We kind of don't transition our lead as well into the mid-late game as maybe Fnatic would, mm. uh, giving the same lead. And that's kind of there is where we need to work on the most. I think closing out games where we should in theory win. If we can, I think if we can manage to do that, I think the the win rate of our team will increase a lot because yeah. a lot of these games we were losing even though we should be winning. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, silly mistakes or like getting out rotated somewhere or getting caught somewhere, like like these small blunders that can uh, completely change the like outcome of the game For are sure. the things we need to fix the most. But I think if we can do this, we can. Um, I mean, I think we'll be a lot more well-rounded and yeah. we will show a lot more. We'll be way more scared to play against, play against them. Which loss comes to mind? I mean, there are multiple ones. Uh, okay. I, mean, this, I knew you were going to say I mean, Soraka. I mean, I mean the G2 you. and Mad games both kind of felt this way. There's one way to blame it on the Soraka pick. That's one way because it, it was quite broken. Um, but we also had the control in these games. And if we played our silence properly, I think we should be able to win these games as well. Because we had such a lead uh, already. Um, there was one more game that came to mind, which I don't remember now. Yeah, you lost two OG games, two Soraka games, and then one uh, Fnatic game as well. Yeah. So the OG game was, the first one was Tristana mid against Azir. I was set up against uh, Aatrox. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got a bit, I was really unsure on the matchup and I got really demolished by far that yeah, yeah. game. I remember it very clearly. Okay, <laughs> but it, uh, okay, it was for sure the, the, the mad in the G2 games I was thinking about the most, mm. where we if we played our silence better, we would have won the game. So like the focus of our team, the two weeks coming after that was like mostly on silence, you know, getting sure me and Larson were sinking the waves. We were setting up the one for one properly and just playing with pressure from sidelines so to end the game. Hmm. I think that showed in, in the <clears> game <throat> you guys played the Echo and I can't remember what you played. You had like Echo, Tom, Senna, like Tom Senna's pretty busted. I was playing Aatrox, I think. I believe Aatrox, yeah. Probably. You played many Aatrox. Uh, let's <laughs> see. 
Lars was playing. I was playing Kled. Oh, you it was against the Exo. Oh, against Exo. Yeah, they blind take Aatrox against yes. you guys. Yeah, I mean, they can't take my Aatrox away. <laughs> then I get really sad. Uh, but yeah, I think I think this game was a good example. Yeah, like these Tom comps with two strong side laners. It's kind of what we practiced a lot mm. these weeks, the weeks before that at least, and uh, I think that showed. Yeah. How do you feel, you know, when you hear this from young player, young team, high expectations in terms of prioritizing and also like digesting from the losses? Because I know we spoke a little bit about the Soraka, but I like hearing Finn saying, hey, that Soraka is one way of looking at it, yeah. but we focused on X and Y. That feels good to my ears. I think I think the the Echo game specifically was like a good good note in my book about Rogue, you know, because I think that was, <laughs> that was a step in the right direction and really showcased that... Uh, you know, from week to week, you guys actually take something from your losses. And I think at the end of the day, looking at the list of losses, two Soraka games, sure, you could execute better because you guys had leads in both games, right? Yeah. It was like, uh, I remember, uh, like, uh, last time was super fed on Leblanc. I remember the game you played uh, set as well into Mad Lions. You also yeah. super fed. You had the triple kill on, on the Rift, yeah. which uh, should have uh, eventually ended the game. And then there was the weakness that you highlighted that there is always like a mid-game dip. And even in the games that you guys won, I remember so many times where like, oh, there was a Nash setup that went wrong and then you and uh, Larson need to 2v5 or something yeah. like this, right? <laughs> or you guys kind of recuperate, which uh, is a good the, thing The good too. thing is that we're used to it from scrims. So it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, not, it's not a scary situation for us to be in per se. Mm. But now Finn, what, what are the goals for the team? Because, you know, I set this up and I said, hey, I, I, when I look back at summer last year, I think very fondly of, of Rogue. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that when you joined, you were kind of chucked into the deep end in spring. Yeah. Summer, the team environment involves. And now for 2020, you said that you're looking at the end of summer playoffs, right? Um, in the long run, yes. In, in the long run, right no, I now, get that, right? Yeah. And, and also understanding that along the way, there are many goals, there are other challenges, there are other goals you, you want to accomplish. So, yeah. so what is it that Rogue is, is looking to do? I mean, we're always trying to go as far as we can. I mean, our goal right now is to win the spring splits. Um, I think it's doable. I feel like spring this year is kind of up for the taking by anyone. I feel like there's so many like teams close at the top that anyone can just snap it, you know, snatch it. Uh, so that's what we're looking for now. We're just gonna look to sharpen out our edges, and then by the end of playoffs, hopefully, we'll be a really good team, mm -hmm. strong enough to take the title. Snatch away victories from G2 and Fnatic, exactly. Who've only conceded one European title yeah. since this league began. Why? Why is it so much more tangible? Why is it so much more close this spring? Hmm. I don't know. It's like last year when you played against G2, you felt this immense uh, pressure from them. But this year, it feels a lot more, uh, how to say, an even game. Because mm. when you would play against G2 last year, you would just feel like the world was ending when the game started. <laughs> <laughs> but now, it feels like anyone can win, you know? It just It's just another game. Um, so in that way, I would say that it gives us a lot more confidence. And uh, I think all five of our players are very hungry. We all play a lot of solo queue. We're all just practicing so hard every day. Uh, and I think every single one of us really wants to win as well. So maybe we don't, won't make it, but we'll do our absolute best to do it. Mm. I think what, what's so dangerous about G2 and Fnatic, what I always felt facing them over the period of, of, of many years, it's no matter what they do in the regular season, it is the sentiment that these they, they have the caliber of players that 
uh, within the preparation, two weeks or three weeks, depending on what you have before playoffs, when they finally get to figure out a patch and they get to settle down and really play things over and over, I think the amount of the efficiency they have in order to accomplish and to fix common problems, mm -hmm. I think is on another level. Because even though teams are different, and uh, for example, Fnatic has a new roster, all of the problems they're running into are very common problems, always within the team. Uh, I'm sure you'll notice, Finn, as your career in 10 years, you'll notice that similarities <laughs> will be struck between teams. Yeah. And uh, I think this is what always makes me scared because last week was such a interesting week to me because I felt like G2 and Fnatic are finally coming online. How do you feel about, their, about this sentiment? Mm. Well, coming online, I mean, it's they're for sure looking better, mm -hmm. especially Fnatic, I think, this year is looking a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's just something that we need to be able to match them. In. Okay. If we want to win, then we need to be able to do the same thing as them and better. Okay. So when the patch comes, we will work as hard as them and we'll try to figure it out. And then we'll try to find the weird cheese pick, you know, that can give yeah, us yeah. edge in the best of five. And then hopefully we can snowball that and we can just take control. Yeah, I think there is a sentiment now, I feel at least, in the meta that it's settling down for the first time. A bit, yeah. I feel like every week there was like a pick that either you picked it or you didn't and yeah. you lost so hard. It was like Soraka out of nowhere, Yumi yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. Okay, Orn is the most broken champion now, what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But now <laughs> there's, I think the patch notes came out yesterday of the new patch and it seems quite standard. Mm. It's not too many Solo changes. Solo nerfs, like both yeah. ability and... Orn is getting a bit nerfed, but like I still think he'll be... A his presence will be known and competitive. Yeah, I am. Um, so, I, I, I agree in a way that now people kind of know what's good and what's not and people are going to start, the drafts are going to go deeper now because mm -hmm. people don't just think about the first three or two picks. Yeah, yeah. Think about the whole tree yeah. uh, that kind of pans out when you draft. Yeah, yeah. Um, so people will be able to go for more innovative draft strategies, I think. Is this good for Rogue as a whole? You know, when the tree goes deeper? I mean, I think I about the, all your entire squad, you yes. know. You're a two-trick fan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have, I, I, I have so many picks that I just want to bring out on stage. Okay. Um, that only the screen. Why is the team not let you? Why is the team not what? Let you pick, bring out these these picks. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> theorize for me. They're holding me back, I think. <laughs> they're, they're saving me for playoffs. Okay. That's when I would be okay. unleashed. Yeah. On my weird picks. It's funny because I think there probably is like a tiny element of that that might actually ring true. Uh, maybe it's you know a little closer to like ironing out the uh, the, the sharpening your edges. Yeah. Was a term that you used. A but but ago. it's like in a way that I have so much things I want to try still. So even though it's a new patch, if the drafts go deeper and we can try more things, I think it opens up a lot more possibilities mm. to lead the other team into one way of drafting and then counter with a specific plan in mind. Yeah, yeah. Do you have enough time in the regular season to do that? Knowing that like this week you play Vitality and Mad, that you should theoretically be favored. You know, Mad obviously lost last time. We can blame Soraka, yeah. we can blame side lanes, whatever you prefer. But next week you play Fnatic and G2. And yeah. then there's only one regular season week left before we start heading into playoffs. So like, how much time do you have to experiment? How I mean, much time do you have to sharpen those edges? Right then now, we're straight into playoffs. Right now, maybe not. I think between the regular split and playoffs, we'll have a good amount of time to prepare. Right now though, every week is just passing by very quickly. And uh, we just have a limited amount of practice. We only have 20 games a week, roughly, uh, of practice. So we need to make the most out of them always. Uh, take every game serious and 
just try to find these small things that maybe the other team won't find because mm. every team in Europe is screaming at each other so when one thing gets found out like it spreads really quickly you know yeah uh, so by f being the first one maybe you can get a better judgment of the pick and maybe seeing why it's bad or not because this is what gets me worried Finn, that uh, it's all about that one pick because I think looking back at your losses Origin, I think there were two very dominant victories from, from Origin. Yeah, right? I would agree. And then there was the Mad Lion, whatever. I think you guys did most of the things better. And then there was Fnatic and, and G2. And then there's there's this this ledge, right? With in the discussion of, of winning the split. Yeah. So you're talking about secret picks, unique picks, open-mindedness. Cool, I love it, you know? But now you're heading in, let's say next week, wash up, easy, 2-0. G2 Fnatic. What are you guys going to show that is different? Because when I watch your games against against G2, I think you guys look confident, look good. Against Fnatic, I felt like you were the only one playing the game. You know, you're playing the game, you're playing Kled against Zach, and then the rest of your team felt kind of reserved. And um, the question I'm leaving with you is, coming into that week, G2 Fnatic, if there's a Rogue fan, you know, he's sitting at home, he wants to believe in Rogue, yeah. what do you want to tell him? Like, what's going to be the difference maker? Uh, I mean, I can't tell him much because that would reveal it, but uh, <laughs> I would just tell him to look forward to it because either way, we're going to try to make it explosive. We don't want to lose against, like or we lost against Origin this week. Yeah, yeah. It's the worst way of losing, I think. For sure, yeah. He's getting slowly like starved out and then you suddenly are at a point where you can't even come back. Yeah. Um, so if we're going to lose, we're at least going to take them down with us and make it a, <laughs> okay, maybe not a, a fiesta, but you know. We're gonna try to attack them first, and we will try to, I don't know, shock them a bit. Okay. So, because right now I don't think we have the basic fundamentals to match them mm. in, in a really slow and standard game. So we're gonna try to, yeah, just go all out maybe. Okay. <laughs> I have one closing thought on the topic is for this rogue fan at home that I, I love this this analogy. <laughs> Do you want them to believe in you? in week eight when you're playing Fnatic and, and G2? Or do you want to put them, have their faith put in you for playoffs? Because I get the feeling that you are believing in your playoff run more than your regular season run right now. And I'm wondering if the fans at home feel the same. No, you should believe every week. Every week we should go into a stage and we should play our best. That's what they should expect out of us. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that Oh, we're just going to sack the games against G2 and Fnatic and then focus on playoffs. That's not at all what I want to do. I just want to uh, make sure we're doing everything to pick up the win, mm. whatever that might be. Uh, so we're just going to try to, if we can play clean and clean it out, that's what we'll do. If we want to do it messy and still win, that's what we'll do, you know? Quietly confident, Finn. Quietly confident. You're not you're not committing to beating them, but you, you said you're gonna give them a good run. I, I quite like that. Uh, listen, we are gonna take a very quick break. When we return, we're gonna talk uh, we're gonna be talking about all things Finn. Who is Finn? Why is Finn? What is Finn? Stay right with us. All right, it's time for some quick fire questions. I'm going to pose a question to Finn or Yamato. Who would win? in a best of five and why. So I'm looking for just gut reactions. And of course, this is going to be Rogue versus LCS teams. Now, I would start with TSM, but they suck and you'd win. So let's start with Finn. What would your scoreline be against CLG? Uh, 
I might get so bored that I'll die like five times on the sideline because it would be so easy games. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> like this, I mean, I I don't know about CLG. Honestly, they seem really lifeless. What about P.O.B.? P.O.B. <laughs> Well, go zero free. <laughs> okay, well there we go. Um, Yamato Cannon, uh, Golden Guardians versus Rogue. Uh, I think Rogue will win. I think uh, Keith will uh, not find his footing in this game. Maybe he plays Yumi, gets away. Uh, if they dodge closer kicks, then I think they'll be fine. Ooh, Three Finn, one. Not of approval from Finn. I like this. Clo closer has some e Europe in him. Maybe he can make it back. <laughs> Talking about some Europe in them, evil geniuses versus Rogue. Mm. Well, that would be spicy. Hopefully, Jisuke remembers uh, how to play because <laughs> we will uh, we'll, we'll force him to uh, we'll give him some European League of Legends to so he doesn't get bored of it. What's your scoreline versus them? In the best of three, five. Yeah, best of five. Best of five. Mm. 3-0. 3-0, I love this. All right, Dignitas. Dignitas. Huni. Huni. I mean, doesn't take much. You just did lock in Maokai and wait for him to pick Lucian. Uh, and then you instantly won the game anyway, so. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of 3 zeros. Uh, 100 Thieves. Uh, someday. Someday is good. I'll, I'll give him that. 100 Thieves has a strong top player. But I think the rest of the map, it's just a disaster, so. Shouldn't be too much of a problem either. Okay. Now, here's going to be an interesting one. Team Liquid. Team Liquid. And there's going to be a caveat because we're going to do them twice. With... Uh, is double it? lift. Double tactical. lift and tactical. So let's go versus double lift with Brox in the jungle. Oof. Hmm. It's hard to say. We would probably beat them, yeah? Maybe 3-1. Maybe they have enough. And what about with Impact? Do they look much stronger with on the past weekend? Uh, I mean, Impact is always a really solid player. So a guy you can look on and... Uh, Learn no, tactical, sorry. Tactical. Bot laner. Bot laner, yeah. I mean, tactical, this guy looked... I mean, I, I remember he played with my with a friend of mine, Treats. He plays in North America. They played bot lane together, and I know he had a very high opinion of him. So maybe this guy is something to look at. Maybe this guy can be really good, because he looked really good this weekend. Yeah. I, I like the fact that he plays Kalista. I think Kalista is one of the most OP champions in the game, and not a lot of players play it because honestly it's really hard and they suck at it and they're trying to pretend that it's not a part of the meta. But uh, I'm calling out all of those pretenders. Kalista is really busted. Kalista is really OP and tactical plays it, so I like him. What about Rogue versus Immortals, Yamato? I think as long as uh, Soaz doesn't uh, do some magic tricks, which uh, has gotten them a lot of victories, I think uh, Rogue is, is better on every front because Immortals is just winning because Soaz is pulling magic tricks. That's, that's it. I don't think you can do it against European teams. We didn't see many. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Are you guys back durable? No. Yamato, <laughs> <laughs> FlyQuest versus Rogue. Uh, so this is, like I'm just, since you're sitting here, I'm always putting it in the context of the top laner. And I think, I think Viper has been looking like a weakness for FlyQuest. So I think uh, Rogue will take it, but it will be a bit closer because I think Ignar, is is very spicy of a player, and I think he packs that punch, and he can definitely get into Han Sama's head because uh -huh. of the history. <laughs> so now, three two for a little bit of a drum roll. Rogue versus Cloud Nine. Hmm. Well, they look quite strong, Cloud Nine, but then again, it's NA, so it's hard to judge if it's actually good or if it's just uh, just twelve zero by luck. Not luck, but 
less of less competition. But I like I, working on eggshells. Yeah, very, very smart but, choice. But I think they have some good fundamentals. I watched their games a lot. Uh, Lee Chris seems for sure like the best top player in North America. Uh, You're still not giving me the answer I'm looking for. I will say. I will say. I will say three one rogue. Mm. Yamato. In this moment, in this right now. If it were to happen tomorrow. Right now. Who gets jet lag? No. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I would have to. It, it's weird because the position is Cloud9 are drafting in a way where they're testing a lot of things. But if they were preparing for a best of five, I would have to lean towards Cloud9 in this moment. But it's it's very difficult to judge because I agree, because I don't know how to judge them individually, because the other teams in North America are just not playing the game. They're yep. not playing the game. Like I was watching Dignitas with a C9 and they had Elise Lucian and Elise was just like full, I, cl full clear. I mean, I saw Lucian top of the ignite and I was just shocked. <laughs> I was shocked. That's something you would see in like platinum solo queue. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I've never got there. Well, listen, uh, basically what we've decided is that Rogue would win the LCS. So, Finn, thank you oh, so much. Okay. That's, that's what it sounds like, right? We okay. beat everybody. I, th I think Cena would win best of 5-3-2, though. In this moment. <laughs> Sorry, Finn. In this moment, yeah? You guys have a lot to growing to do. Growing. Uh, now we're going to dive into um, why is Finn? What is Finn? Uh, who is Finn? And something that you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier was that, you know, in 2019, you just kind of got thrown into this team. And for us as viewers and, and Yamato, who was your opposing coach back then, you just kind of came out of nowhere. So yeah. fill in the blanks for us. What was your path to pro? Where did you grow up? How did you become a pro? So, I mean, that's, I come from Stockholm in Sweden. Uh, repping it. Repping it. <laughs> just like Yamato. Uh, and basically, I was just a kid that played a lot of video games. Wrapping <laughs> it again. As, <laughs> as most pros are. Um, and eventually, I, I was just climbing solo queue and eventually I got really high. Uh, so while I was doing my high school education, I was kind of doing like some pro. Uh, not really pro, you know, but more like amateur on the Turn side. Online or? <laughs> uh, not really, more like Lance uh, somewhere, somewhere in Europe. like. Okay. I would have a, a test and then the weekend after I'd go down to France, maybe play a tournament and I'll be back like two two days later and people would like wonder where I went, but I would just be missing. <laughs> and uh, how old were you at this time? Uh, 17. Right. Only 17. And did your parents support it? Uh, I mean, they were, they, 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 they were, <laughs> they, they were, yeah, they were supporting it actually. They, they were like, okay, sure, it's fun what he's doing. Um, I was just, just going around and playing some stuff as a, it was more like a hobby or, or as a part-time job even, you know. Um, but it was quite demanding as well to go wake up early, go to school, come home, play scrims, maybe do like 30 minutes of homework if I had to and then go to bed instantly after. It was like very restricted in what I could do. Um, so in the long run, I don't think it was very healthy, which is why I didn't do it for a long time either. Um, because I, uh, I had the option to go like full-time pro before I finished high school, but since it was since it was not, since it was not like an LEC option or LCS back at the time, I decided not to go for it and finish my high school education. And then um, as soon as I finished it, I kind of just went down and just like test my luck in the national league. I traveled down to Spain and played there for half a month. Um, uh, th this was 2018. And then in 2019, the LEC was founded. And then this whole academy system came up in Europe. 
meaning I had a lot of different options to go. Um, and in the end, I went with um, Larsen, which I played with in the European Masters before, in the NIP. Because he was like really down to... Basically, Rogue had built his academy team around Larsen, and he kind of had a lot of choice. And he wanted me as a top planner, so I gladly followed him. Uh, <laughs> and then everything happened really fast from... Because I was just expecting to play in the Polish league and maybe like in a, a time move myself up in the, the Rogue, uh, hopefully. But then instantly I got moved up and it was all very sudden. I was don't think I was that ready for it in the beginning. But uh, How did it feel though? Because it, it, it has to feel nice when the organization is like, hey, we want you here. Even though you're probably like shitting yourself at the time. Like. <laughs> Facing a world champion. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, mm, it was... It was I was really happy, obviously, because it was kind of my dream playing in the LCS, LEC. So I, of course, just jumped on a chance instantly. But it was all so much. Uh, just going, living, moving to Berlin, streaming against LEC teams. I learned a lot, but I made a lot of mistakes as well. And I think my teammates were very patient with me, which really helped me grow. Uh, not only in spring, but in summer as well. I think at the start of, at the start of summer, it was a reason why profit started over me. Because I think in the beginning of summer, I wasn't nearly as good enough as I had to be to play in LDC for the team. Uh, but by just trying to learn from not only my own mistakes, but by the mistakes my team were making while I was not playing, I think I was able to catch up quite fast. And then by the end of summer, I was able to, to play again. And we made this playoff run, which wasn't enough, but it kind of set us up for this year. Um, so now we're just going to try to make the most of it. Hmm. I'm I'm curious then because it's it's we're kind of living in a weird environment where, you know, last year, you were the rookie and Rogue was considered the rookie lineup and coming into this year, uh, you guys were also heralded as all oh, the up and comers. They will continue to grow. They'll continue to be better. How do you feel? Do you feel like you're a veteran already, or do you still feel <laughs> for yourself more at the rookie end? I wouldn't call myself a veteran. A rookie, maybe not, because I feel like I've seen a lot already. Mm. In the scene, I've been around for a while now. Maybe not a long while, but a while. Year and a half, and this kid's like, I've seen things. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, a veteran is a strong statement. I wouldn't call myself that yet. I think there's still a lot of rooms I need to fix. Still have holes I need to fix in my play if I want to become like a really solid player. Mm. So there's always work to be done. Uh, so that's what we're aiming for. <laughs> what What drives you? Because, you know, something that's interesting, and, and I think you might all be able to relate to this, there are very few players that have this uh, innate confidence, even when sitting on a podcast in an interview, that have been thrown in the deep end as, as you were. Um, mm. And you, you have an air of maturity, maybe, you know, in, in, in who you are as a person and, and what you want to accomplish. But you're not particularly egotistical or cocky, you know, like, so, so what is it that drives you? Where, where does your, your inspiration come from? It might not sound mature, as you put it, but I think it's just fun to play. Uh, it's really fun just playing every day. Every weekend is so much fun playing on the LC stage. love what you do. Yeah, it's just, I couldn't see myself doing anything else right now. Um, so that's why I try to make the most of it. And if we win, if we lose, as long as I have fun while doing it, 
I will do my. I I'll, I'll keep fully. doing my best. I don't believe you fully on that. And the reason I don't believe you fully is earlier in this podcast we talked about the losses to, uh, to Soraka. Yeah. And there was an edginess in your voice. You're like, yeah, you could say it was Soraka, but <laughs> I, I, mean, I think you're very driven to win. But you understand why you lose. Is that fair? Yeah, I guess that's a fair way of putting it. It's just that I think if I wouldn't enjoy what I was doing, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be good at it. That's that's the key thing. I think as long as I'm enjoying enjoying it, I think I'll be good. But if I don't enjoy it, I won't be good anymore. So, should we be worried if we have a tank meta or something, <laughs> I mean, where Finn doesn't have fun? <laughs> I mean, there is tanks that's fun as well. Okay, well, besides Orn, Cyan. Dude. Cyan? Have you ever drifted around the map with Cyan? <laughs> Cyan is basically a tank cled. <laughs> I mean, okay. So listen, where does the cled one trick come from? Um, I might be off by about one game, but you've got thirty professional games played. Cled has been banned against you six times. You've won twice and lost once. Nine out of your 30 professional games have featured Kled in some way, shape, or form. Why do you love him so much? I mean, people hate it more. <laughs> it's not that I love it. I'll pick it if it's good. But people really seem to hate playing against it. It's like, there's nothing more annoying when you barely have him and then he just jumps back on his bicycle and just runs <laughs> over the entire team again. Uh, so it's kind of the power of the pick, I think. I think a lot of picks in the top lane, especially, have this like annoying factor that people just hate. Um, so that's why people ban it so, so much. You're just a little bit of a... You just like to make other people's it lives hard. Like he, that's what it he, sounds he like. He deserves Soraka. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's karma. That's what karma is. Yeah. That's, how, that's why you lose to Soraka. But like, I'm a little bit more seriously, maybe. How do you feel when you hear you know, ourselves, the broadcast players, fans at home, calling you a little bit of a... I won't say one trick because Aatrox is in the two trick yeah. at, at the moment. I mean, it's funny because that's not even the two champions that I think I'm best on. Uh, I haven't even played my best. I actually played, No, Irelia. Irelia? It, that was my original one trick. And it's kind of the champion that I feel the most comfortable on. But I haven't had the time to show off on her yet. So people haven't called me an Irelia one trick yet, but I think they will soon. Okay. Irelia's getting buffed. God bless 10.5. What? She yeah, well, indirectly. Oh, like maybe you can buy Bladed Ruin King. Maybe you can go Ravenous Hydra. But uh, yeah. small buffs. Small yeah, buffs. actually, I like the changes. There was a lot of good top end changes. Uh, I'm grateful for it. <laughs> what do you want to accomplish? Uh, Yamato used the line a few minutes ago. He said, "In this this ten year career mm. that we're we're looking ahead, you know, there's 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 hope here. You're one of the the younger players on the stage, and people look to you and go, yeah, actually, I I could see this 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 guy being around." I mean, I want to win Worlds. That's the basic answer, but it's also the most genuine answer I can give. Um, whether that's in next year, this year, next year, or in f four years, I don't care. As long as I win Worlds, then I'm Do you happy. believe it can happen now more than previous years? Yeah. I mean, I mean it seems really doable. I, would, I was all about to say easy, but that's not true. It seems, it seems really possible, assuming you can rise your way to the top in Europe and then keep grinding and keep pressuring the best teams in the world, there's high chance you can take the title. Hmm. It's just a matter of time, I think, right now, until Europe wins it. I like that. How how much time until you win it? I mean, you've said this year, next year, four years. This is what I love, by the way. Um, about two weeks ago, you did an interview, I think it was with Dracos. And honestly, I think I just fell in love with you again, just as a player and somebody to watch, because Dracos was chatting, said, hey, you've won key player of the game. And you went, yeah, how many? Actually, I just need to keep denying them from Larson so I can win. Call me the clear player of the legend, right? And then immediately says, okay, so where are you going to place? And you said, well, we just have to win every game. And if we win every game, maybe we place fourth, maybe we place third, maybe we place second. 
you stop before you said maybe we'll win. Like there's this this intelligence about how you 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 feel, but also you're quietly confident. Mm, yeah. So the the original question was how long until you win worlds? <sighs> Give it five years and I will have won it by that. Okay. <laughs> I love this. I love this. And will this rogue roster be the one that does it? Hopefully, yes. That's what I want. I want all my teammates to be successful as well. So if I'm trying hard, it's not only for myself, it's for my teammates. And I think they feel the same. I think we all believe that we can go really far, assuming we keep grinding. Uh, so that's what we'll try to do. Why Why is the European scene so strong? You know, you said a few minutes ago, if you can get to the top of Europe, then hey, that's that's a good shot of, of, of winning worlds. You know, if we zoom out and look at the whole league from Finn's perspective. Yeah. Why are we so good? And like, why is spring so competitive? I just think there's so many hungry players, you know? Um, it's just a big player base and every player feels like if they can reach the top, then they can go as far as they want. Um, seeing how Fnatic 2018 and G2 2019 went to the Worlds, uh, how close it was, I feel like everyone is more motivated than ever to not only uh, go to Worlds, but also like win Europe and show off here. So that's why the regular season matters so much more because everyone is kind of fighting for the top spots. And um, yeah, I think people are just very, very hungry. That's why you see so many rookies as well because people are just coming in and they're putting in so many hours in the game that they just improve more. And they, uh, yeah, that's just how it is, I think. I would say very similarly, yeah. I would say two big reasons. I think G2 and Fnatic, which is one reason, but two teams. I think... Uh, Always when you have uh, strong teams and strong organizations, always, you know, like any player that goes to G2 Fnatic, they know they go there to compete for a title You're spot, playing for a title. Right? Yeah. It's like it's it's a privilege to to be a part of, of, of a roster of G2 and Fnatic. And I think automatically when, when you have within the region uh, the opportunity to scrim a team of this caliber, it levels up the whole uh, region. And then on top of that, I think... We have the rogues and the mad lions and the misfits that are actually willing to take some actual risks. And I was a proponent of for the longest time ever. And I think always uh, within the years of LEC, there was always like this rookie team that was sent to the World Championship. We had the Misfits roster in, what was it, 2017. Yep. We had Splice in 2016. 2018, we had Vitality. And I was always a proponent of this. And I feel like the whole region has agreed that every team that is below the the top have an obligation to actually bring in rookies and actually shock and bring in the next generation of G2 Fnatic players, maybe. And right? they have to because every good player on those teams, at some point, one or two of them go to Fnatic or G2, yeah. meaning you have to filter. You have to reinvent yourself. You have to actually shock the system somehow because what's the point of bringing in the same players that have been beaten by the players that are on the top over and over? Because now, at least in this spring split, there's some questions. Rogue. What is the potential there? Mad Lions, Misfits, what is the potential there? Things can get exciting. And I think this is what makes Europe so much better. I mean, how does it feel knowing when you hear this whole story that you as a player and your organization are part of the reason that we have this competitive league? You know, like Rogue, if you think of the three splits that Rogue have competed, two of them already, they are a very big discussion point. And 
they're making waves. You know, it's it's one of the youngest League of Legends organizations around, led by one of the youngest players who used to be 17. Um, <laughs> I like that so much, by the way. He's a good callback. But I mean, it, it, it has to feel good, you know, that you're in this discussion and you're part of the reason that the Fanatics and the G2s, they have to keep trying so hard. Mm, I mean, I'm just grateful, I guess, to be part of it. Um, we kind of have this obligation to our team, I think, of making sure we do our best for them. Uh, I mean, Rogue took a big chance on me, so I want to pay them back by going far and maybe giving them a title. Uh, I think that's the least I could do for them. <laughs> uh, How much support do you get from the organization? Because I've heard a lot of very good things, especially off-air. Yeah. Um, you know, from the players, everybody speaking very highly about yeah. the support. What have, what have they done for you? To I mean, Rogue are always open to, to help you. You know, if there's something you need, if there's something you want, they will help you and they will take initiative as well, not to wait around for you to, to ask for it. They will always be looking to make the most for you so you can perform the best, you know? Mm. They're always putting the players first, which I think is really nice uh, by them. And uh, it's a really good organization. Tell me about why we have so many Swedish pros. We don't have any Swedish pros. Oh! The okay, the, the Swedish... I'm retired. The, the <laughs> Swedish, okay, the, this is a big problem, actually. The Swedish League of Legends pros are a dying breed. There's, there's me, Larsen, and Reckless right now in the LEC. Why? What happened to the rest? I have no clue. I mean, I They're think... are coaching, I think. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, true. Uh, I don't know. I think we need to bring up more Swedes to the LEC. Who's out there? Who is out there? You have a little brother or something? Mm, I do, but he's silvers. <laughs> but, but I believe he can in him. play on my team. We yeah. can play clash together. So. I mean, I have faith in him as well. He's improving very fast. It's, it's insane how fast young people improve. Actually, it's oh. mind blowing. Spoken as a true veteran, right there. But no, but let's let's dive a little deeper into this because, like, when we when we think of nationalities. Um, the OG superstars in my mind were Swedish, you know, the 2011, 12s, 13s. Then, of course, the Danish, just for some reason, they dominate everything. Denmark. So why, <laughs> why do we have more Danish players than Swedish players? Uh, um, I don't know. I think in CS, it's a bit of a different balance, no? But then Astralis is like, uh, ah, yeah, like damn. <laughs> Although they just got smashed recently at Katowice. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Not by no, Swedes. So, so um, Yamato, I mean, talk to me a little bit because uh, that was a very passionate, you know, <laughs> Swedish pros are dying. That'll be the, the Reddit tag. <laughs> <laughs> not literally. Yeah, no, 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 not literally. <laughs> Hashtag not literally. Yeah, thank you. Good catch. It's just, um, honestly, it's it's so weird because I'm so disconnected from it all. Yeah. No, I, I just mentioned like when I... Like we we had uh, reckless the last time and now Finn. This is like the, one of the few times I actually speak Swedish because yeah. it's like with with league in 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 particular, every team that I've always worked with, it has never been like a full Swedish roster. No, like in in Counter Strike has been very different because uh, I'm not sure why, but always it's like uh, the the genesis was we made teams back in season one. We just picked up people from solo queue. It's like, oh, you're from Lithuania? Okay, who cares, honestly? Who, Germany and then one yeah. from Zimbabwe. It's like, oh, your ping is terrible, but you'll play with us, you know? And and it just, it kind of just happened. And every team that I work with, it's like, okay, I had the Danish, Danish roster of Splice, but that quickly changed when I brought in Mickey and then all of a sudden the whole nationality thing was kind of mute. So for me now to think about nationality in general is kind of like, eh, 
whatever. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Like, I appreciate the Zimbabwe throwout as a South African <laughs> here, right? Because like in all of the traditional sports that I've grown up with, um, you only had South African players, right? And and I wasn't exposed to the European, like the pan-European football tournaments mm. or um, I only know the handball thanks to our script writer. Um, but like, you know, is there a point of pride there? You know, because now you see ERL leagues and we see a lot of the, the pros and the teams predominantly of the nationality. You know, would you like to see an, an all-Swedish roster and, and you know, the, these Nordic teams battling it out, maybe putting Denmark back in their place? I think if there was a World Cup, <laughs> you know, if there was a World Cup, you know, me and Finn would band together, we yeah. would bring Reckless on, maybe a promise Q, Larsen, you know, we, we would... Uh, smash some heads in you know but in the context of of league you know i i feel like same way about like traditional sports when i look at like the champions league and the and the sports clubs like for example if, if a player plays in the premier league whatever countries he's from there's some there is some connection with the league right with the with the with the culture of the league and i think regardless of where you're from uh it doesn't matter in, in the end because you're representing the league and i think it's the same you know, sure, we're playing in the European League, and I think that's why the sentiment's kind of lost a bit. It's not like the German leagues per se. Yeah, what you mean? But in the end, I think it's just so honest in the end because what ties us together is just the competition, and I think it just it's doesn't matter where we're from, it just doesn't matter. Now, Finn, when I said, "Would you like to see an all Swedish team putting Denmark in their place?" You gave me a very passionate nod. <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel about this? I mean, I agree with Jatmata's statement. I think for sure, like people come from different cultures. Like we were very, we were a very Swedish Polish sh shifted team, and there was clear difference in Swedish and Polish culture. But even then, we were able to work together. Uh, but then again, there's kind of fun, you know. I mean, it's more more because it's Sweden and Denmark. It's this friendly banter, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the Danish soldiers have been winning too much, so me and Larsen need to to put them back. I think Caps and Wonder do. Yeah. At least we have Malmo. At least we're Malmo. So listen, Caps, <laughs> Caps and Wonder, you say, put them back in their place. You play them next week. Yeah. Uh, before we get there, let's look to this week's matches. Um, who is it? Is it Vitality and OG? No, Vitality and Mad and Mad Lions. There we go. Revenge for Soraka. Yeah. Uh, what is what does Finn think is going to happen this weekend? And uh, what are you going to tell the fans that's going to happen? The Rogue Fan at home. That's it. That guy. Yeah. Uh, there's many of them. There's, there's many, many of them. them. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I think they should be hold us to high standards. I think we'll go in pretty confidently this weekend. Um, should be able to win both games uh, if we remember to ban Soraka. Uh, <laughs> and um, I mean, yeah, Mad Lions, they, they, they seem very wavy in their performance. Sometimes they look really good, sometimes they look a bit off. So it's hard to say how to judge this team, but I think we should be able to take them down without too much problem. I will bet on you guys. Mad Lions is weird because it's like humanoid is such a coin flip. And I think if, if you remove Azirela Blanc out of the picture, he tends to die a lot. And I think Orome, I don't know how you feel about him. I, I, I've been kind of unimpressed. Like he's on gangplank duty playing weak side every game. What yeah. do you think about the man? I mean, I think when I played against Orome in the Spanish league, uh, when I was playing in the Spanish league, he was for sure one of the guys that impressed me the most. He was always playing this like sway in a Fiora and he was really explosive. But now I feel like he's kind of left that style of playing. He's not the guy that's taking a lot of resources. He's kind of allowing his team to carry, which is fine in a way as well, but it's not as exciting to play against, no. Yeah. You would be bored. That wouldn't be fun for you. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think every player on the team should have a bit of ego and confidence enough to take resources and carry. 
Uh, so you should be able to play again through every lane. Right? I like that. And what about uh, matchup against Vitality? Obviously, playing against Cabo, Cabo Finn is always something that's exciting to me in isolation. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously, the rest of the matchup, I feel obviously fairly rogue favored. But, you know, is that something that you, you take for granted sometimes? I mean, playing as Cabo is always fun, I think. It's always a bit explosive up there. Um, last time we played against, I was on Orning as Camille and I was getting permadiven, but my champion was at broken enough so I can still solo kill him after but <laughs> or send assist at solo kill send assist yeah <laughs> uh, I think the, uh, I mean right now Vitality I think they're just gonna go all out every weekend so you need to be careful because if you get complacent it's really easy to lose obviously you can't just take every win for granted so even against a team that might look like at the bottom of the standings we need to prepare well uh, it's it's funny because that's literally what your your next three weeks is going to be. So so this week you play Mandlions who are right next to you, Vitality at the bottom. Yeah. Next week you got G2 Fnatic, you know, yeah. one and two basically. Um, and then you've got SK and Schalke. Mm -hmm. Schalke to me is the team that's going to play Heartbreak. I think if Schalke pick up a surprise win against a Mad Lions, a Misfits, a Rogue, an XL, I think Schalke are the team that could determine yeah. who doesn't make it into playoffs. Do you think that's fair to say? I think it's fair to say. I mean, Schalke now look a bit revitalized, I would say. They still look a bit backdoorable, but um, they've been like backdoor. Backdoorable. They've been backdoor like three or four times in a row now. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to add this to my list of things to say in shoutcast. Okay, maybe back you should. Please refer. Maybe. Please. <laughs> I mean, okay, that's just your brain talking. If you interpret it like that, then it's your fault. My fault. Uh, but anyway, I mean, Schalke look a lot. I mean, scared and it, I mean, it's not a split. They looked kind of weak. I would yeah. say they looked a bit dead, like a dead fish flapping around. Now they look like a. <sighs> I can't make a good analogy. Oh, you've got to. Come on, you've got to follow up. A magic carp, it's mm. about to evolve into Gyarados. No, they look like a fish. Now they look like a, I don't know, swordfish that's oh. going into a balloon field. Okay. It's going to poke go. some holes, you know. Here we go. Oh, poke wow. some holes. I'd love to know where the swordfish balloon field is, but I <laughs> love the analogy. Okay, Swedish, we go straight to the ocean. Makes I, sense. It's, it's crazy because the, the analogy I always use, like whenever... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going down the rabbit I like this one too with the swordfish, but the one I always tell my players, like if we are in a good position, we're going to play, then you play against a team that is in the lower of the standing, like an XL. It's like, fear a man that has nothing to lose because it's like a bar fight and it's just a guy that's just swinging, you know? <laughs> and if you're not ready, you get punched in the head and you're going to lay there and you're like, what happened? You know? Oh, shit. No matter how, how well trained you are, you know? It's, <laughs> it's dangerous. Let's talk about the bar fight in the middle of the table as we've got a few minutes. Um, Rogue, I think we're expected to be the fourth team in the league. I think Fnatic G2 OG, before spring began, everyone was looking and talking at, at Rogue, sort of next. Yeah. Then maybe XL Mad Lions, and then everybody else. Yeah. Now we're in the situation where arguably Misfits have higher expectations than you guys right now as number four. Then Rogue, then Mad Lions, and you know um, Excel. But like, how do you think? How do you feel about the middle of the table match we currently find ourselves in? Mm, I'm not sure. Misfits <laughs> didn't really impress me actually playing against them. I, I, I don't really know how they got so many wins. <laughs> I'm hearing that a lot. <laughs> I was a bit shocked. I think they're for sure like top half of the standings, you know. But they don't feel like a team that's pressuring you too hard. They feel like they. I mean, they they they. Play some good League of Legends sometimes, but they're not the team that feels scared to play against, so to say. Um, I had some easy games against them. You had the first one where 
like Razork EQ'd yeah. Saman just failed. The first game was, was a bit like, boring, actually. It was just really slow. The second one, it's like, you guys just outscale because they had a bit of everything in their comp. Yeah. The two O's are going to be so valuable if there's any ties in the yeah. standings. Same goes for OG against us. Uh-huh. <laughs> Unfortunately, but... Um, in Mad Lions, it's hard to judge for me. Uh, I think, for sure, OG G to Fnatic seem good. For sure, top three. Uh, excluding us, of course. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and then, it's a bit hard for me to judge. There's this cluster of Excel, Fnat uh, Excel Misfits and Mad, where... I think every team can beat everyone, uh, but in the end, we should be above them. <laughs> Give me your one, two, three, four, five, six in exact seeding who you think will go into playoffs. Uh, one Fnatic, two Rogue, three G2, four Origin, five Mad, six Misfits. Oh, I love it. Yamato, do you care to add on or shall we leave it on that one? I think, like, I'm doing some calculation in my mind and that means, like, you pretty much almost have to go 6-0. That's, uh, that's crazy. It's not impossible. Yeah, it's possible. And also think of G2 drop games to other people. That's, that's how yeah. they sneak their way out, yeah, right? Yeah. But, I mean, Vitality, SK, Schalke, Mad, those are pretty favorable Wait, wins, yeah? yeah. Best of ones are, are a crazy thing, though. I wanted to, I had this analogy in my mind, you know, because we were talking about you. I know I'm kind of going this in the direction. And uh, there's this character in Family Guy. Have you guys watched Family Guy? <laughs> a little have, bit. Yeah. So uh, there's this man, Cleveland Brown, the friend of Peter Griffin. He has a son. He has a son that's very talented at everything he does. But his issue was that he always... So basically there's this episode where he uh, plays golf and he's winning. But then all of a sudden he accidentally kicks the golf ball and he starts to run around like he's Cristiano Ronaldo instead. So he got distracted, but in the end, my point is, uh, Rogue needs to keep away from all these fun games that are coming in 2020, Valorant and all of these games, because if they happen to be more fun, that's the danger, <laughs> you know, friend. the best part? I'm so bad at FPS games that I hate them. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually the worst What about shooter. the rest of your team? Because while this is good for you, the analogy applies to other people, right? Yeah, but he's a very particular kid. He's playing for fun. Okay, okay. He's playing for money, fame. He's playing for fun. <laughs> if a game comes along and it's more fun, danger. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been blessed by being really bad at FPS games. So I <laughs> nice. hate them by default. <laughs> Finn, thank you so much for joining us. It's going to be another week in the LEC. It starts tomorrow at 17.30. Check out Rogue versus Vitality. That'll start at 6 o'clock. We will see you next week. Just before we go, would you like to say anything to that one Rogue fan that we've speaking to all episode long? I mean, hey, Mr. Rogue fan. Thank you for supporting us over all these years. Uh, it's been a rough one, but we'll keep tryharding. <laughs> well, there we go. Thank you so much, Finn. Thank you so much, Yamato.